my friend and I were sitting by the dock at my parents' cottage. COVID time. How do you give your child the best education while keeping them safe from COVID? It's, it's like impossible. What if we started our own school? We hired a teacher who also was either immune compromised or lived with someone who was high risk. We found four other kids who were doing virtual whose parents were high risk and we make a contract. We figure out the subjects. We create our own school. Could it work? It's kind of like a shot in the dark here. It was a bit of a dream. My dad walks down and all of a sudden he's like, hey, I could make some wooden tables for the kids. It would be a great project. Well, actually, he, had, he did it with more enthusiasm. Hey, I, I could make some tables. Now we have a school. We have a school. Could it happen? I spent many endless nights thinking about what school would look like for my kids this past year. Are they home all day, sitting in front of screens, not making friends? Or could we make our own school? This is my podcast, Love and Special Needs. I'm Josie Dye, and today's episode is school, re-exploring the model, the anti-hippie homeschool experiment. I like that name. No offense to any of the hippies. You know, sometimes you're just lucky. You email a friend who emails a friend and your life changes. What will you remember about COVID? Obviously, the devastation, the worry, the fear, uh, the lack of jobs. There's so much to remember and so much sadness. But what I'll remember is sitting on the dock of my mom's cottage with my friend as we planned out our children's education. That's what I'll remember. You know, I've spoken a lot about Cole and his immune system, my son. I've spoken about Cole and his anxiety. Now tell me, what's the best scenario for a kid like Cole with Sotos? Is it virtual where he absolutely would love it? He doesn't have to see any other kids. I mean, he, he, he'll be isolated at home, but for him, he would be ecstatic to do that. Well, his psychiatrist says no way. He has fear. His fear is being with other kids. That's not going to help. Is it school where he has the ability to contract COVID? Maybe more so than other children and teachers, as he probably would be a super spreader. A kid who picks up every virus in his vicinity. It's not good. So what is the answer? How do you give your children the best education while keeping them safe from COVID? It's almost impossible. What if we started our own school? Hired a teacher. What if we did it? From that moment, I sent out a few emails. Nothing too formal. Basically, I emailed a few teachers I knew and I asked them if they knew anybody who was interested in teaching this pod. Somehow, through some miracle, I got an email from a teacher I knew who knew a student who was doing her master's, who had the credentials to be a teacher, who was going back to school to do more education. This student's mom was high risk and her university master's would now be online in the evenings. It was kind of perfect. From there, we found a total of four families, including our own, to be in this little pod. And trust me, there was lots of discussion. Do we have five children? Do we have four? Do we have it in the only in the mornings? What do we teach? What do we do? It was a lot of cups of teas in my backyard working out the details. 
but we we figured it out and we made this little pod, a pod that would give all of us less anxiety, more freedom, and our kids would possibly have better education. Around this time, I posted a picture of my dad's wooden tables on Instagram and a radio station in my area, not the one I work at, a different one, actually a competitor, uh, called me and asked if I could come on and talk about what I was doing. And I said, for sure. So I want to play the interview that I had before the pod started. So this, you can hear it in my voice. There is so much hesitation. I was so worried. But this is the interview I did uh, with the radio station before the pod started. Let's talk a little bit about families who have decided to do something. You know, I want to say it's courageous. I want to say it's a little bit... uh, I think it's a lot of it admirable because, you know, I'm not in a position where I could even attempt to homeschool my daughter or have my daughter. No, no, that's a bad idea. That is a bad idea. Let's just put that out there. (laughs) But there are a lot of parents, and I know you know a couple of parents, that have decided to bring in some outside help in order to have a school year, some semblance of a school year inside their own home, as opposed to doing it within the system. Yeah, I was just talking to a really good friend of mine, Darren, the other day, uh, and and he said to me that he wasn't comfortable with his kids uh, going into school, daycare, school, uh, and so he has hired um, uh, a, a, a teacher um, to to come to his house and teach his children. Um, and I don't think that's unique to him. I think a lot of people uh, are going to be looking at that or have looked at that, and I wonder whether this will change the landscape of education moving forward. I really do wonder if COVID has taught us anything. Is there, you know, thinking outside of the box, not not allowing, you know, the the big institutions to tell us what to do. Um, and I wonder if that's going to happen with education, where you're going to start to see community groups come together and say, you know what, if we just divvied up the cost. We could hire our own teacher and we could control how this all works. We don't need these boards and, and you know, all this extra union uh, strife every once in a while. Let's just pay them a great salary, treat them really well and have them educate our kids. And you get uh, far more personal attention that way as well. You can limit the amount of the class size. You can limit the amount of hours in the day. You can limit, you, you, you set the rules, right? I think it's brilliant. And Yeah, and of course- no, go ahead. go ahead. I mean, uh, one of those examples is is going to be our next guest, where I was, um, you know, reading online about it, and and Josie Die is she on the air with us now? Yes, she is. Josie Sorry. Die, of course, you know from the Josie Die show on Indy eighty eight. We were having this conversation behind the scenes, and Josie, we we figured we'd bring you into this conversation because uh, you're sort of in that that boat along with some of these other parents. I am. Um, it's just such a horrible time right now, and it's horrible time for many reasons. Um, so. I this back to July. I started thinking about what the heck I'm going to do come September, and um, I have a unique situation where my child is immune compromised. And you know, the first thing I did was I called his doctor, and we had you know an hour long conversation about um, what we were going to do. And his doctor was like, "I don't trust the way." you know, the school system is going to be for your son, Cole. I just don't. I don't think it's it's going to work well for him specifically. Um, at the same time, in the same breath, she said he needs social, socialization. He needs to be with other kids because this pandemic has made him recluse. He's got anxiety. He sees another child and he gets nervous to talk to that child. And that's not like normal for my son. So it's like, what do you do? 
So you can't homeschool because if you homeschool, he's alone by himself. And then you can't put him into school. If you put him into school, then, you know, there's obviously a big issue with safety and health concerns. So I was stuck. And that's when I was like, I... I, I don't like the idea. I, I have to be honest. I, I know you were just saying this is, could be the new model. I don't know if this to me, if I'm okay with it um, for many reasons, but this is my new normal where I have what's called a pod. And I have five kids from my neighborhood who are going to be working out of our houses and we've hired a teacher. So I'm curious, Josie, I think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, I was so uh, jealous almost to see you posting on your Instagram of your dad building these uh, desks for the kids. I, I, th- I just think, you know, I just think it's cool. I think it's great. I think it shows your kids that you're an innovator and you're thinking differently and you're, you know, supporting them so much. And, and I think that's I, I, I think your kids should be really uh are very lucky to have you as a parent. And and I just wonder if, you know, when I bring up, is this the new normal? Like, I think you got to give yourself some credit and give it some time to go. If this goes well for us moving forward, I mean, the socialization thing, yes, it's a bubble of five, but that's not to say that, you know, recess, they're doing, you know, meeting with other pods down the road or your class, your virtual, you know, Josie Dye school uh, opens up to larger kids. I mean, I just think that we've... We've we've got to stop being handcuffed by these school boards and by the government and by the unions of of such something that's so important to our livelihood and our children. And and in an you know, like you're doing is let's try and innovate. Let's try something different. Let's go out and hire a really great teacher that we like. Let's let's come up with our you know, our class sizes. Let's come up with a career. I just think it's a it's a great way f- down the future, to be honest with you. I think I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm definitely hopeful, I guess, because I've gone back and forth on this decision for weeks. I see the holes in it. I see a few issues. One is, you know, inequality amongst families. And um, the good thing about what I'm doing is I have very strict requirements for my pod. My pod isn't about, hey, what family can come in and pay the most money to help us out with this teacher. It's more about what families are going to be the safest and how can I get another child who is a lot like my child to come into this pod. And if I can find one, then, you know, the four other families will help pay for that last family to join our pod. So that's one great thing. And the other thing is that, you know, we do have a teacher who isn't as experienced, let's say, as a TDSB teacher. But I'm I'm kind of excited that maybe that could be something unique right now with only five kids where she'll get a really cool experience so that she can move on. Um, I don't know. It's it's really it's really scary. I've gone back and forth on this idea. And in July, I thought I'd be able to get five kids in one week. Thought no problem. I couldn't find anybody. And oh, wow. this last week, I've had 16 parents call me. So, sure. you know, yeah. of course, when we have this conversation and you did mention it there, the money part of it does come up. Uh, what are yeah. we looking at ballpark when it comes to having a, a, you know, a pod full of five kids to get a teacher to come in and do this type of thing? So what I did is I looked at what supply teachers make. So there was like a little bit of involvement with the parents as well. And, um, and yeah, that's how we're doing it. And I, I'm hoping it goes okay. Yeah, and I was also going to ask, I mean, you know, obviously this has got to be a concern maybe of the, uh, from the teacher's point of view if you kind of flip it, but have you talked to the other parents? Are you guys going to be completely hands-off in all of this and, and let the teacher teach? Because there's probably a temptation to get in there and say, oh, wait a minute, or, you know, snacks are ready or something like that. 
So we're really involved. Um, and the teacher <laughs> we hired loves it. I know, we're really involved. She loves it. We are going to follow the TDSB curriculum. And this is also a big issue because we don't want to, we don't want to homeschool. We want to enroll in the online um, option. So this is where it gets really confusing because the online option, you're supposed to have a child on their computer for almost six hours a day, which I think, I'm sorry, I have to say this right now. My kid, mm. if I were homeschooling, my kid is not going to sit and listen to someone teaching for six hours a day. There's, there's just no way. So I didn't want that. I wanted a teacher to actually teach my child a class. I've been talking to TDSB trustees because, of course, you know, we're in Toronto and um and they said there could be another option coming out next week where it's almost like packages are going to be mailed out to houses. So you follow the curriculum and you don't have to be online. You can just, you know, follow what the actual class is doing, but you can have a teacher teaching your children. Every morning at 9 a.m., five kids sit on the wooden desks downstairs. They have their lunches and their water bottles. They have their laptops and their masks. The teacher will be there writing the work on the blackboard for the day. We now have three grade twos, one grade one, and of course, Cole's little brother who is in kindergarten. All the kids, except for my little beau, are required to log on to school virtually. They do the anthem. They say hi to all their virtual classmates. They have a little bond with them. And then they log off until after lunch. From there, our teacher does math and English. We asked her to focus on those two subjects. See, as parents, we still have to make sure our kids hand in all the projects that they do in virtual. So in reality... Um, Everyone except for the kindergarten is kind of getting double education, once in vir once virtual and once in person. School ends at 2 p.m. And then they have small play dates with each other. Sometimes the moms will get together and take all the kids for a walk in the forest. Other times one parent will take two or three kids on a bike ride and they'll hang out in the backyard. Our kids have formed bonds. Bonds like I've, I've never seen before. They help each other with homework. They get in trouble together as a group. Uh, it is something so unbelievably special. Also for Cole, I've really learned what I need to focus on with him. You know, when he's in a classroom with 30 kids, it's hard to tell where his weaknesses are and where his strengths are. But when he's in a classroom with five kids downstairs, you can really figure it out. The teacher has that ability to say, you know what, Cole knows all this stuff. He just doesn't want to do it on his own or he's distracted or, you know, so it's, it's great. And then there's COVID, COVID, you know, um, Every parent knows my worry, my worry with my son who has Soto syndrome, um, my worry when it comes to Cole's immune system. They all know and they all respect it. And they've been incredible. They have been like family members to me. Um, they've been my support system. They've been there through COVID with me. I would not have gotten through COVID without them. Honestly, would not have. It has been one of the craziest and innovative and special years that we have ever gone through as a family. I want you to hear from the moms. First, I want to talk to Suzanne. Suzanne was my inspiration. She was the idea generator. She was the one who came up with this let's do it concept. And then with the two of us together, we were able to build this little pod. This is Suzanne. I remember wondering what I was going to do um, with my daughter, Kaylin, come September. 
And I wasn't really confident that the schools were going to have the time or the resources to go back safely. Or even if they did, uh, I was pretty sure that they would be closed down. So I knew that Josie would have the same concerns and she would be a good person to kind of brainstorm with. So the main issues for us were basically finding a teacher and because there was no way I was going to even attempt to homeschool her again, uh, and then putting together the group of kids and parents that would not only like and respect one another, but also be, you know, around the same age. Um, the rest of the details, I feel like, were minor compared to that. What we ended up with was magic. I couldn't have dreamed up a more perfect group, and my daughter hasn't just kind of survived this school year. She has thrived. Um, I've never seen her so excited about learning, and it is really, really affecting her confidence. She's a different kid, and that is a thousand percent due to the support of the little group of friends that she has and an amazing teacher. This pod is by far the best decision we have ever made for our daughter. This is Cole. Um, just want to give you a kind of uh, understanding of him. Last year in school, he was scared to put his hand up and talk. This year, he won't shut up. <laughs> and it's amazing. Here is, here's Cole. Go ahead. Empathy is, empathy is to be kind. My mom helps me when I'm sad. I tell my mom that I love her. I feel happy when I'm with her. I mean when I'm with mom. I love her and she loves me. Yay, can we see your picture? My picture, I'm gonna tell you all that's in it. so we can see. This is my mom taking me for a walk and uh, hearts are above the hand and some are blue and some are red and these are butterflies and stars and a sun that uh, has a heart on it and on the top I said I love you. So you think about it, when you're creating a pod, you're basically interviewing families for a spot in the class. And that, for some people, that doesn't seem right, because you want to have a mix of all kinds of different children. But when it comes to safety, there is one thing that we wanted to make sure that we had. We wanted people to be safe. We had to trust each other. And Oftentimes, we would interview somebody and they would be like, you know what, we just want our kids to be kids. We don't want them worrying about masks and, you know, we want them to go out and be in soccer and play with other kids and, and not have to worry about the restrictions. And that was immediately a, tr a warning sign for us. We're like, no, we need this pod to be safe. Uh, we met Ratika and she was unbelievable. Uh, her and her husband, they had the same views as us about COVID. They had the same worries. And then their little daughter, oh, who is in grade one, who, who intellectually could be in grade six. She's so smart. I love when I, I can listen downstairs a little bit. I try not to, but 
sometimes I listen and I'll hear her who she's in grade one and she'll be sounding out words for Cole in grade two and saying, no, Cole, here's how you do this. Here's what this word's and it's, it's beautiful. At the beginning, I think she was incredibly shy and she was really quiet. And now I hear her downstairs. She's the life of the party. It's, it's very cute. So the learning pod has been really amazing, both for my daughter, Sophia, but also for us as parents. But the decision to do the pod rather than to send her to school in person was not an easy one. And especially because it was made back in the summer, which was at a time where the COVID numbers were low. And our school is small and so is our community. And we had no doubt that the school would do all the right things to keep the kids safe. Um, But for us, when things shut down abruptly last spring, it was really difficult, and and I think it's safe to say that we struggled as a family. It was hard for us to manage the competing priorities, even with everyone being at home. Both my husband and I were working from home in fairly busy and, and demanding jobs. And, you know, we definitely have to acknowledge that we're super lucky that we were in a position where we were able to do that. But trying to manage everything at the same time was really hard. You know, I'd find myself every night uh, making lists of things my daughter could do semi-independently the next day or printing out worksheets for her. And not so much because I was worried about her learning, but really just to keep her uh, busy. I tried to make time in the workday to make sure she got outside or try to teach her something useful, uh, which then, of course, meant that I'd be up late every night trying to make up for the work I missed. And the guilt was just endless. And my daughter got it like she knew that mom and dad were working, so she would do her best to keep herself busy. But as more time passed, we could see she was a little different. That brightness in her eyes was just a little bit duller. And as parents to a little girl who's normally always excited, vibrant, and happy, that was really hard to see. So ultimately, the decision to move forward with the pod uh, came down to stability and mental health. It's not that we thought the in-school option would be a bad decision, but the pod just offered the stability and the peace of mind for us as parents. I felt that I could maybe worry a little less. And we could make our own decisions to continue the pod or to discontinue it as our comfort levels changed. And for my daughter, it offered an incredible opportunity to learn and not just through a screen. And it gave her the social aspect and interactions with other kids that have been so, so important for her mental health. So seeing her thrive and seeing her be able to play with friends and watching those friendships develop has definitely eased some of the worry and stress that I had about the year. And as we've gotten to know the other families, I have to say that's been amazing too. I'm so, so grateful for the families in the pod and everything that they do to keep all our kids happy and safe. Uh, It's been amazing to have the other moms and the dads to talk to and to share the worries and concerns with. You know, all the families are so different, and it's amazing to see that we've been brought together in this way. I don't know what the next school year will bring, but for now, we can only be uh, grateful for how this has benefited us and all of our kids. I guess from here, we should use the word privilege, right? I get it. I mean, we're all here talking about our kids that we pay to be in a private school, basically, in the basement of our houses. Um, 
we don't pay private school money and by no means is it not accessible to many families, but not all families. And I completely recognize that. I think at the beginning of this pod, uh, I'm not sure if I put the part in, in the interview where I did with a radio station where I talked about how there was a family who wanted to come into this pod and couldn't afford to, and we were ready to help them out. They decided to um, put their child back into Toronto district school board. But I think there is a way um, I just think it takes, you know, creativity and we acknowledge that we understand we have all come together as families to pay somebody to help provide education for our kids. Is this something that we're going to continue with after COVID? I mean, in a perfect world, I would love to because it's done so much for my child. But in reality, probably not. I mean, I think I'd probably put my child back into the normal Toronto District School Board. But I will say this. I mean, this virus may not be the last virus in our lifetime. And there could be something happening with your kids in school and you don't have a second option. You can't afford to pay $40,000 to put your child in a private school. You can always be creative. You can think outside the box. And that's what we attempted to do with this pod. I want to introduce the last mom. She's become like a sister to me. Her little boys, really great friends with my two little boys. Um, what have we done together? Well, she's introduced me to some incredible podcasts. She's been my therapist. And uh, we both enjoy singing when we're drunk, when we play rock band. Is it called rock band? Guitar hero? Really doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Okay, so last summer, I was starting to think the numbers were going up, and I thought, I can't imagine putting my son back into regular school system. It just didn't feel safe. I didn't feel secure as a parent. And he also wasn't that attached to that school. So I started putting feelers out and asking around um, and thinking about the possibility of a pod, but I didn't know anybody who was doing that. There was one teacher I knew who was considering taking a sabbatical, and um, so I was kind of pushing her in that direction. But then I heard about your pod. Mm-hmm. We have mutual friend. Mm-hmm. And so I heard through the grapevine that you were looking for somebody in grade two. And I was like, this is hopefully it. I just wanted, actually, my expectations were fairly low. I just wanted to make sure that that the, that my son was not going to be less... Um, educated at mm-hmm. the end of this year as a result. I wanted to make sure the teacher was good and that um, things were organized. And remember, at this time, we weren't totally sure whether or not this was going to be even accepted by the school board. Yeah, because we were, were not organized. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, you seemed really organized. I, 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 I'm really good at convincing people <laughs> that I'm organized. When they get to know me, they realize, no, she's got confidence, but she doesn't know what she's doing. No, Josie, when I got on the phone with you, I remember I was taking notes because you were like, it's this and it's this and this is the teacher's experience and we're going to be doing this many days. And you were a bit murky on some of the like mm-hmm. the costs, but all I knew was then I had to go and convince my partner about it because mm-hmm. he was like, who are these people? What is this? Right. And then um, I think I think the thing is, is that once... I, you know, got together with you and, and one of the other families, I was just kind of like, this feels right. Mm-hmm. And, and then the only other thing that was left out of, out of the realm of knowledge at that point was, are we going to have to pull them out of school entirely? And is this a homeschool thing? Mm-hmm. And then we were relieved when we found out that didn't have to be the case. Cause that would have complicated things. I think a little bit for more. Sure. For sure. Um, okay. So now that we're almost done, which is crazy to think that we've actually lasted a full year in this pod, um, what has been the best part of it? I mean, 
to me, oh, there are so many good things. I mean, I, like, again, we are very close to my partner's father, who's in his 80s. And I just don't think I, I, there was no other option for me because I wanted to be able to still see him. I think he would have suffered greatly if I couldn't have. So that has been great. But also, of course, it's the kids and the relationships that they've had. Like before, I was one of those parents who was working all the time, like many other parents. And so I would sometimes be able to pick up my son, but often not. I didn't know any of his friends. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, you know, when you go to like a, a... a pharmacy and you have to pick out a lipstick color and there's just so many options and you don't you get overwhelmed by choices it's a great bad analogy an, no it's a bad analogy. <laughs> great analogy but it's like there were all these friends and I didn't know who he was really close to and I didn't know their parents and I don't have the time to figure it out I right. just wanted something this has been like so tight and thankfully mm-hmm. all the parents are kind of of the same I don't know similar vibe and yeah. so the kids are enjoying each other and parents are enjoying each other and I just feel a little bit guilty that that this we've had this thing and it's a very privileged position to be in that everyone should have this it is it is very privileged I I was just speaking about that earlier um I guess what if you were to pick out and don't worry that I'm here a negative because I think a lot of people are interested in this what would that be well, I think it's cost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, it still is. We had had a caregiver at times um, in the past, so we just figured, okay, well, we're kind of to similar cost, but it, it is cost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. I think also another negative possibly is that ultimately he's they're all going to have to go back to school and they're ultimately going to have to deal with maybe a challenging teacher or maybe a person in the class that they don't get along with. Mm-hmm. And that's life. So perhaps they're missing out on that aspect of life. But Honestly, <laughs> I know the po- pros way out mm-hmm. way the cons. Yeah. Yeah. Even today I was just listening to them all arguing over <laughs> Easter. There were all five of them were arguing, but it was really cute because, um, there wasn't an argument like you would see in a schoolyard. It was like a debate, mm-hmm. right? Like they, they're actually at this point now in their relationship with each other where they are almost like siblings. Mm-hmm. So they're debating with each other and there's no ill will. It's like they were, no, well, that's not true because of this, 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 this. And it was like a discussion the five of them were having, like a, a grown-up discussion that I can hear downstairs, which was it was beautiful. It was really nice. And getting a window into their learning experience. Like before I would bring my son to school and he just go off. And I, I really didn't know. I mean, yeah, sure, you'd have the parent-teacher meetups, but it was just like this whole other world. And having a little bit of more knowledge about what's happening on a day-to-day basis and seeing his relationships evolve with Mm -hmm. these other children, like they have each other's backs. Mm -hmm. And I think that is such an important, there's an intimacy developing. And I don't know about for you, but girls don't have, and again, we're stereotyping, but girls have an easier time, it seems like, finding friends and maintaining friendships and having a kind of level of intimacy. Mm -hmm. I personally, with an only child of a son, was worried, is he going to be able to, in life, develop really close, intimate bonds? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's happening with both the girls and the boys in this pod in a way that I'm not sure would happen quite as quickly if he had just been in the regular school system. And also different ages, yeah, which is also interesting. We've got three kids who are in grade two, and then we have a grade one and a kindergarten. And your son, um, who's in grade two, and my kindergarten, my grade my five-year-old have a wonderful bond of almost siblings yeah where it's like my little guy just follows what your guy does everything your guy does my little guy does which is really cute it's really nice to see that and my son actually was just talking about him this morning while on the toilet maybe that's tmi (laughs) and he was like because he was making some some potty humor jokes at the same time and he uh, i said you know what i don't really find that funny he's like well i guess i just have to keep that to your son he was like we have to be in both that's our conversation yeah Yeah. for 
the entire month of February, they focused on Black History Month. And this is my five-year-old Bo with his little speech. Black History Month is important because Martin wanted to be nice even though people been back when he was white.